Welcome to Real Everyday People, an Eladio Nino podcast. You either die the hero or see yourself become the villain. See too many dark nights and light the way you're living. They got me living. The plot is been. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the El Nino podcast. I'm Eladio Nino, and this is Real Everyday People. So, man, I had a wonderful weekend. I hope everybody, you know, had a smooth weekend. Uh, I know Saturday it was windy. I know everybody's probably worried about their power getting knocked out again. Uh, You know, my prayers go to those if your power did go out, because I know we've been dealing with a lot of that lately, and that could just be a huge uh, inconvenience to our lives. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully everybody's good. Uh, But my Saturday, man, was excellent. You know, shout out to my man, Dominic Ovando. Uh, Plug me in, man. He. Uh, he asked me to be a podcaster at um, at the um, Undying Love uh, premiere in Warren at the uh, MJR uh, Universal uh, Cinema Theater. And um, man, I got the opportunity to to interview uh, all the all the actors, all the actors, all the directors, the writers. I mean, everybody, actresses, everybody who played a part in this new movie called Undying Love. Uh, shout out to Diesel, man. And uh, and and these are the same people who are, um, you know, doing McGraw abs. So I was definitely honored. I was felt very privileged. And, uh, you know, for me, that's a notch under my belt. That's another level up. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, this year 2023 tap in or tap out man i'm taking off you know what i'm saying i got all the right people supporting me and i'm building bridges everywhere i go man so you know much love to y'all and and everybody who i interviewed will be on this podcast in that seat sharing their story you know so i'm definitely excited about that but enough about me um let, let's get to my guest he got an awesome story this is my man jay hernandez what's up with you brother how you doing boss i'm good man welcome to the el nino podcast bro yeah thank you for having me it's a pleasure yeah my guy man so uh let the people know a little bit about you man tell them where you from where you grew up at what it is and what it ain't hi my name is jay hernandez uh i grew up in southwest detroit norman street norman and pitt uh shit grade school went to st stephen's Catholic school over by Central, Michigan Avenue. What was that like, man, going to a Catholic school? It's crazy now that you think about it, because, you know, there ain't no Catholic schools like there used to be. Yeah, I I knew, like, Holy Redeemer. Yeah, yeah, I went there, too, for my freshman year. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot different. Here goes the thing. The the kids that you grew up with in, in, you know, that was in your class, you, they're like your brothers and sisters because you guys don't leave the classroom. You know how you switch in public school? Yeah. You stay in the same classroom. So if you're in second grade, you're with the same people all day. Then it goes <laughs> on to third, goes on to fourth. So, yeah, it was it was crazy. But, um, you know, I went to Holy Redeemer my freshman year. They had enough of me. So Oh, so you did go to Holy Redeemer yeah, as well. Yeah, Okay. Yeah, right out of St. Stephen's. My mom, matter of fact, I went to uh, Wilson. You know, Wilson over. Yeah, I went to yeah. seventh grade. First, second quarter at Wilson, my mom's like, no. She put me in Clippert Academy, third and fourth. Okay. And then uh, after that, she said, fuck that. Going right back to St. Stephen's. Damn, for so real? So, eighth grade, yeah. So She wasn't feeling the uh, public school vibe for yeah, you or what? she tried, man. It didn't work out for for her, you know. It was so cool for me. Them boys are thugging too hard, yeah, you know? Yeah, so, hold her deemer, you know, got in a few fights, whatever. Being a knucklehead, they're like, no, you can't come back here. So, I wanted to go to Western. You know, I, okay. I, that was my... I know you did. I want to go to public school. Shout out to Western International. Yes, sir. And uh, she was like, oh, yeah, you motherfucker, you want to go to West? She put me in Cabrini for the first, like, <laughs> hey, back then there wasn't no kids in the neighborhood. say, watch what you ask for, huh? Hey, she was like, you got it. So uh, I'm up in there. I, man, I ain't going to lie. I lasted, like, probably about two months. Okay. It's a knucklehead, man. And after that archdiocese, they were like, no, nah, you're, you're done. So I went to they Western. Had to, they had to throw holy water on you. Yeah, so the, <laughs> the crazy thing about it is it's kind of backwards if you think about it because I'm over here getting into fights and stuff in the Catholic schools. So I went to Western 10th grade, never got in a fight again. Graduated man, in 2000. Crazy. Why do you think that is? Was it know, you? Man. Was it your environment? Was it the, you know, was it the, I don't know. I mean, what, what, I, what do you think changed your mind state? You know what? I take accountability, man. It's me. I, I was a knucklehead. But here goes the thing. People be like, oh, he went to St. Stephen's. He's this. Or he went to Redeemer. It's the same motherfucking kids from the same neighborhood. Their parents just might have a few more dollars. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe being around a bunch of, you know, uh, you know, proper etiquette, you know, students and you being, you know, having a wild heart 
made you probably stand out because they was more, you know, in line with things. Yeah, for and sure. then once you went to Western and you're amongst a lot of troublemakers, you didn't stand out as much because everybody's the same. That's exactly how it is. You know what I'm you saying? It right there. You know? Yes. And uh so so you like blended right on in. Yeah, yeah. First yep. day, I ain't gonna lie to you. I just told the story the other day and I totally forgot about it. There was this dude that I looked like that was a, you know, big time knucklehead, right? Mm-hmm. And I ain't going to say no names, but <clears throat> I guess I looked just like him. First day at Western, my cousin Katie, I, I knew my cousin Katie and a few people, but not a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Homeboy rolled up on me in the hallway. He wanted to hit me with some brass knuckles. Come to find out, the dude that looks like me uh, shot him like seven or eight times. Damn. So, yeah. Holy shit. So, uh, you know, whatever. They're like, it's not him, and I never liked that dude. Was it gang related, or was it that just was gang related? Yeah. Okay. So, but here goes the thing. I'm at a house party. A couple months later, after that, all these dudes are come up to me, talking in my ear, you know, and I'm like, what the fuck's this guy? Why they keep talking to me and shit? And then the dude. That what were they saying? Just tell you, you know, personal shit that he would talk because the dude that looked like me. That's what okay. they thought I was. Okay. Oh, so, and I swear to God, I'm not lying. They're talking to me out here. And then the mm-hmm. real dude came in the room. I'll never forget it. He uh, walked in, and I looked. I said, oh, hell no. <laughs> I'm like, shit. And everybody in the whole place was like, come here, grabbing around. You know what I mean? So I'm like, out of all people, I got to look like this dude, man, that done did all kinds of crazy ass <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? Hell no. You yeah. look like the guy who's a terrorist. Yeah, but, <laughs> hey, but at my graduation party, this is, I just told my cousin Jimmy this, this story the other day. It was off the <clears> chain, <throat> man. We did it, graduated in 2000. Uh, it was on a Thursday, Romanowski Hall, you know, over okay, by line. Yeah, yeah. Hey, no lie. I had five of my teachers <clears throat> up in there. I got kicked out of class every day, all day, man. But the teachers, mm-hmm. they just loved me. I don't know. They just like me. You know, they, I, they put up with me, man. But they were there. It was, it was like a couple hundred people, like without exaggerating, on a Thursday. Afterward, my dude gets on the microphone. I remember we had DJ Paradise. Remember the, the girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's throwing Latin freestyle. Hey, she's old school, Off bro. the chain, right? It was, I'm, I'm not saying because it's my party. Like, it was off the, sh- mm-hmm. he goes, uh, after party back on Norman. My mom was like, motherfucker, right? <laughs> hey, we had. Those were the best parties oh, were man. the house parties, though, bro. Oh, man. But, you know, we lived on Norman you know, my whole life. My parents lived on Norman, you know. But uh, we had from Pitt, like damn near the bell, man, with people. Just oh, everybody shit. Thursday okay. night. Of course, you know, shit started 2, 3 in the morning. Motherfuckers start shooting. Yeah, it's everybody's, just under, everybody's under the influence. But that dude, that dude, the one who's going to hit me with the brass knuckles. Yeah. He was all fucked up on something. And I remember he was walking. And then he was looking at, at my stepdad like like he's hard. He goes, what the fuck's this guy looking at? I'm drinking. I'm young. I said, what are you looking at? You know what I mean? I got him back. I got him back. And uh, everybody's like, it's your graduation party, Jay. Stop. But there was a lot of animosity from that. From that first time. From that first time. Yeah. And this was three years later. So I remember after that, I guess come to find out he was on ecstasy or some shit. And he was oh, like, yeah. So he didn't really want to yeah, get down like that. He wasn't even in the right mindset. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I remember we were chilling and shit. My stepdad, my uncle, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go down there. I'm like, all right. We went down there. Homeboys on the porch. I was telling him, apologize, apologize, this and that. And uh, his one dude was like, my nigga ain't got to apologize to shit. As soon as that, my boy, my, like my best friend that I grew up with, you know, wow. And after that shooting, and then after that, the party was over. Oh, man, that's all it takes. You already know it's, going, it's coming. It's just a matter of fact of when and who. You know what I mean? Hey, there ain't no way, man, in the history of Norman Street, you have an after party and tell everybody to come on the street three in the morning i'll tell you what that's dangerous though to look like somebody who shot somebody you know what i'm saying yeah man for sure that is crazy i guess he uh hit him like eight times and had him in a coma and shit too damn seven eight and you look just like him i did you lucky he came back with brass knuckles and ain't just kill you on the spot yeah that would have been bad (laughs) yeah no doubt about it yeah So did you grow up with both your parents? Were you in a single uh, single well, parent home? How did that go? Uh, well, my mom and my dad, they got divorced when I was probably like seven years old. Okay. Uh, I grew up with my stepdad and my mom, and uh, they're, they're divorced now. But, uh, you know, my whole life, you know, I basically had a mom and a dad in the household. Yeah. And my dad, I still, you know, he was in my life as well. Okay. So I kind of had 
too. You know what I mean? That's in good. No, that's good, bro. And it's really real. important. You know, I think that has a lot to do with as good as I am right now. You know, I could always be better. I'm not, you know what I mean? But um, at the rate that I am, you know, in my in my life, I think it has a lot to do with, with that. Being able to have, like, you know, parents in the household and stuff like that. Because, you know, you always they always say you're, all, you're no, all, as good as your parents. Man, no doubt, because there's more more uh, men, even men as we are now, who grew up without having uh, male role models. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had a lot of uh, male figures in my life, mm -hmm. but they weren't all positive. Everybody was in a gang. Everybody yeah. was selling drugs. Everybody was snorting coke. Everybody was selling weed. Everybody had guns. Like, I mean, since childhood, these are things that were, like, normal to me. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Seeing this kind of stuff. So, yeah. I mean, I'm going to become a product of my environment. Eventually, I'm going to join a gang. I was selling drugs young. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, you know, it was more about... You know, not having that male figure to teach me, you know, the value of education, the value of, you know, work ethics and teaching you about, you know, financial literacy and planning for the future and thinking about the future and things like that. Like everything was about living for today because tomorrow's never promised. 100%. You know what I'm saying? Only the strong survive. My mom used to tell me and my brothers that our whole lives, only the strong survive. So, you know, me without being explained what that means to me, as most people do feel like it's all about brute strength. It's about strength in numbers. It's about dominance. Yep. And it's not. It's not. It's only the strong survive. You know, I learned it the most, not only going from a residential jungle to a concrete jungle, mm -hmm. but you know, that mindset is what really got me through the streets and it got me through prison. Yeah, but sure. I learned how to use my mind, though. I, I, I learned that your brain is the strongest muscle that you possess. And once you learn how to utilize your brain, you can change the dynamics of your whole life, your whole mm. environment, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's For a true real. Story. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of these guys, man, and, you know. It's not like that's what they signed up for, you know, to be a single single mother in the household. But a lot of these guys, you know, they go up in the store, man, acting up, throwing shit, just going crazy. And you're thinking they talk, they learn that from their emotional mother. Their yeah. mother is an emotional person. She's a woman. Yeah. And they, she, she see a lot of, you know, people seen that out of their mother. And they didn't have, you know, a father to, to basically make it balanced out. Mm -hmm. So that's why, they you know, they do what they do, a lot of people. So I'm very, very grateful, you know. That uh, I had that much, but you know, I, I, I still, man, had a rough, rough situation, you know, that I that I put myself in. Mm -hmm. But like you said, product of your environment. So it ain't, you know, 100% my fault that things went the way they did. But I'm just glad that they are the way they are now. Okay. It makes my story so much better. I wouldn't take anything back. Okay, so so what happened to you, man? Share. I want to hear about <sighs> this one. And shit. so do they. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, shit. I started cutting hair when I was 14 years old. For real? 14 yep. years old? Who inspired you to cut hair? What made well, you want to do that? Uh, I, you know, Jimmy, the barber. Jimmy. That's not my, my cousin guy. Jimmy, but Jimmy Pacori. Oh, that's perfect my image. dog, man. Man, I went to him for years, Shout out bro. to Jimmy. Everybody Shout did. out to Jimmy, man. That's my guy, hey, man. Anybody that was anybody went to Jimmy back mm -hmm. then. And yep. uh, when I seen the way he was moving, man, and how the, you know he got respect in the neighborhood and everybody knew him, and I seen this guy... You know, he had a Rolex, and, you know, this guy, he was doing his thing. I was like, man, I, I don't like getting dirty, you know, <laughs> which all my whole family, you know, they do mechanic work. Oh, Jay don't like getting dirty. I'm like, ah, fuck, <laughs> whatever, but it is what it is. But um, He found you a clean hustle. Yeah, yeah. So Jimmy is my number one inspiration in the beginning, but I started cutting hair off a bet. Off if of a this bet, bet would have never took place, I don't think I've ever would have picked up a pair of clippers. Damn. So, I what guess, was the bet? All right. So, my cousin Adam, shout out to Adam Bradley. Uh, we were playing video game, and we used to always bet. We'd always bet like a couple of dollars. You know, we're kids, and uh, playing hockey, NHL. And uh, I remember one day we didn't have no more money, so I'm like, shit, man. Well, I'd always talk about like go run around the corner or some dumb shit like that. Mm -hmm. But my mom, you know, she goes to these garage sales to this day and buys a bunch of shit she don't need. Right, man. My mother does the same shit, yeah. mijo. I just came from a garage sale, mijo, and I bought you something. Yeah, so me, all my brothers, every time. That's what she does all summer. She loves it. But I'm glad that she does that because I should look over. I'm like, fucking pair of clippers, like a little piece of shit rusted up. Ma, where you get these? I got them from my garage sale. 
I was like, all right, so whoever wins the game gets to cut the other one's hair. Oh, shit. Yeah, and uh, without exaggerating, man, this was like double, triple overtime, back and forth, crazy-ass game. Finally, boom, all right, sit your ass down. Damn. Hey, I butchered them so bad. Oh. I remember the Clippers, you know, are getting so hot. Damn. (laughs) Man, but anyways. about you just being did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I turned it (laughs) off. But anyways, uh. You know, burning the shit out of his neck, man, and, okay. and he wouldn't let me cut his hair again oh, for years shit. and years and years. Damn. But after that, I get you know, get the clippers, get my book bag, go on my bike. Everybody around the neighborhood, like, let me cut your hair, let me cut your hair. Some people said no, some people say yeah. But I so, cut, did I you cut. ever cut his hair again ever in life? Well, he got locked up. Uh, oh yeah, he, he in the bathroom. Up. He in the bathroom getting his hair cut. He, yeah, he got locked up for unless he's getting years, on a call out for a couple of years, and then uh, when he got out. It was years later. Finally, gave me another shot. No matter how good I got, he just had such a bad experience that day. <laughs> that, you chopped him up. You burnt him. You yeah, did all kinds of yeah, shit. Hell so, no, you ain't coming back for seconds. Yeah, he left me again. So I'm glad that uh that that day took place because, like I said, I don't I don't think that I would have picked up a pair of clippers. Yeah, my man. So who like since you've been doing this? You said you started at 14. How old are you now? Uh, 40. Okay, you 40, so you got time in, and, and, and you know, you a veteran with this haircut and shit, yes, sir. you know what I'm saying? Who are some of the barbers that have inspired you, you know what I'm saying, or contributed to your growth? Mm, like I said, Jimmy, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Marty from... And uh, Jimmy, that's an OG right there, you hear me? Yeah, you got to get him on, man, for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely, I, I definitely got to reach out there. to him, for sure. Yeah, that guy's like, man, just put it this way, nobody did a lineup in Southwest before Jimmy. And then Marty from El Tropical. Okay. Yeah, that guy was another one to come with the straight razor. But before that... Shit, they used to have Jerry's on uh, Liver Noise right next to Focus Hope. Got my first haircut. Yeah, we used to get the two-tone what? double fade. What What about uh, Dino's? Remember Dino's? Dino's, yeah. Yep. So Jimmy, I always try to get my haircut by Jimmy, but his shit used to slap so hard even back then. You know what I'm saying? I could never get in, so I used to have Patty cut my hair all yep. the time, and she was a beast. Yeah. But it was cool because like uh, Family Treats was right across the street. So you know, if I ever had to wait, I'd go over there and get my old chili dog, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. some good memories yeah yeah no doubt about it bro but uh yeah a lot, you know it was crazy man just coming back you know getting out after you know missing damn near two decades of the, of the neighborhood and coming back and just seeing like some of it are the same businesses but just different names different owners different people you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah, but i love seeing that the hood is vibrant man and there's so many more business owners you know what i mean and, and people just being productive and positive and and contributing to the to the economy you know what i'm saying of, 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 the, of the of the neighborhood it's such a beautiful thing to, to go down Vernon and see there's not too many vacant, you know, buildings. It's flourishing down there, you know. I, w- I was taking uh, one of my coworkers for a tour of Southwest. She's from the West Side, she's, you know. So um, I, I was like, you know what, we're going to take you on a tour because we're going to start doing a lot of work in this community. So, you know, I took her through Del Rey. I took her by Bayside. Uh, we went to E-Course. We went through Rouge. We went to uh, McGraw. We went through Michigan. Like, I took her, like, all through, like, you know, and told her because she was like, well, is it, like, different from East and West? And I was like, well... You know, we got we got uh, Werner. We got the Werner boys, you know what I'm saying? And then, then we got the McGraw boys, you yes, know what sir. I'm saying? But everybody's Southwest, though, you know yep. what I mean? We all represent, you know, uh, one nation under God. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Yeah. But I love it, though. Even, like, when you go on McGraw. Like, back in the days, I used to live right there on Cecil between Michigan and McGraw. And, like, uh, you know, shit was dilapidated. Mm-hmm. But when I came home, like, you seen, like, everybody turned it into what they wanted. Now it's all you smell is good food, the chickens, the restaurant, the diversity. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, I, I love it, you know, because, um, uh, you know, it's it's so close to Dearborn. You know, mm-hmm. we have all the the Middle Eastern brothers, you know, and sisters. They right there combined right there in McGraw. Yeah. Even on Verner, shit, we go right there, right into, uh, you know, at the end of Dixon, Verner, yep. you know what I mean? When you got home, you were probably uh, 
went over to uh, Chatsy and seen it was no longer there. Yeah, yeah, yup. Did you go there? Yeah, we went there today. Did you go to high school there, though? No, hell no. no. I went to school in River Rouge. Okay, that's right. That's yep, right. Yep. yep, Riverside, Panthers. Man. Let's go. You know, the only time I used to go to Western is when I was on some gangbanging shit. Right. Because all my people went to Western, you know what I mean? So they would call me, hey, bro, meet us outside the school. Shit's about to pop off, you know what I mean? I'll pull up with the homies, take about four or five guys with me. We'd be sitting out there waiting. Man, I'll tell you, we was young. We was wild. I know people talk about young people today. Oh, they was crazy. I'm like, dog, we was crazy too, man. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Something comes to my mind right now. Something, you know, what you just said. Uh, like someone asked me the other day about the what the Western Cowboys. Like, hey, how was your football team? I was like, man, nobody went to a game ever. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We never – I didn't even know who was playing, nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember one day we were coming out of school – and all of a sudden, man, there's like 15 cops, or not cops, but 15 cars driving, uh, coming on the street saying, hey, S-O, S-O. And they're talking mad shit. And I, I don't know why they're doing it. I don't even know what's S-O. You know the what that is, is, right? No. That's Southwestern. S-O, that's what oh, they say. Okay. We were playing them in homecoming, and I thought they were just being disrespectful. So my boys like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? They're like 15 cars. You know, deep, and this dude managed to grab a gun, broke the window out, this and that. And I thought back, you know, now that I'm older, I think back like, what the fuck is wrong with us, man? You know what I mean? But <laughs> we they didn't have the, a care in the world, but man. Southwestern's big in the sports. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They were always big in the sports. Southwestern? Southwestern okay. against Western in the, in the homecoming <clears throat> game. But yeah, yeah we, I'm just saying, like, we never, nobody watched or was into sports back then in high school. You know, not my crew. Mm-hmm. You know, there were some jocks, but we didn't even know their names. But yeah. yeah so what are some of your favorite haircuts to do? Or so what are some of your challenge, most challenging haircuts that you've had to do? Mm, challenging? Well, uh, there's a haircut that I don't do, that I, that I refuse to do. <laughs> Which one is it's that? It's a flat top. A flat top? Yeah. Like, like the kid and play flat top? No, no, no. Like the Sergeant Russ, Sergeant Bilko oh, military style. Oh, no. Yeah, like I have I've did maybe one or two, and uh, I don't like doing them. And most of the time, the people that, that get them, I don't like them either. <laughs> so I don't fuck with them. Okay, okay. I get it. I, get, I catch your drift. Hey, just put it this way. If you get pulled over by a cop and he's got a flat top, your ass is going to get tased and go <laughs> to know, jail. You know he's got a military background. Yeah, you ain't getting out of that one. <laughs> so what's one of your favorite? Like, what's easy Ball for fade, you? man. Bald, bald fade. fade? Okay. Yeah, for sure. Like, I guess a bald fade, man, would be harder than, you know, a longer. But I encourage everyone to get a bald fade. And I tell people this. Like, you know, someone wants to get a number one or two. I always, it might take a while because it sounds crazy. It's bald fade. The word bald fade. But they don't, they, they, they look at it like it's, you're going to shave your head bald. Yeah. But I've only had two people get a bald fade for the first time and go back to getting a regular haircut. Usually it's once you're locked in, that's your haircut for yeah. life. Yeah. So while I was in prison, like I always got a fade. That was that was my thing. I always mm-hmm. got a low fade. You know, I liked it. It was clean, whatever. And then one time, uh, my sons Victor and Emilio, they had came to see me in in in, in the joint, and they was like, "Man, that's an old ass haircut. You keep getting that same shit." You know what I'm saying? And I was like, well, what I'm supposed to get? And they was like, you, you know, tapers. you got to get tapers. They had like little tapers. Because they like, yeah, I just went and got a haircut. But I'm like, where? Like, I don't see nothing. You know what yeah, I mean? Because yeah. their shit was thick on top, but the sides were cleaned mm-hmm. up. And I didn't really comprehend that. But he was like, no. They was like, see if them boys in there know how to do a taper. So I went back after the visit and shit. I was like, y'all know how to do a taper? You know what a taper is? They was like, yeah, yeah, I got you. So... I got it the first time. I ain't really like it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and then, I don't know, maybe he just didn't do it right. Or maybe it was just me. You know what I'm saying? But I was like, I'm straight, man. Keep keep sticking with the fade. And then um, and then I ended up trying it again because they was coming up to see me. I said, man, I don't want my sons to get the blazing on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got it again. And they was like, oh, okay, that boy looks, you know, you look good. You know what I'm saying? And then I started to embrace it because... You know, it's a clean lineup. It's just a clean. It was more sophisticated, I think, for yeah. me, you know, rather I, than a fade, like a nice-ass taper. Yeah, I think once like you get a little, gentleman. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Once I think once you get a little bit older, man, you could get a taper, man, and, and not really feel like you you didn't get a haircut because uh, I get a bald. Hey, man. Jimmy. <laughs> All right. Uh, my bad, guys. I turned it off, man. It's still doing the same thing. But anyways, I couldn't get a... Um, 
a taper because I feel like I didn't have a haircut. You know how it's just, <laughs> yeah. you know how it's just uh, yeah. bald right here, right here. I, it'll drive me crazy. It'll look sweet. Somebody, you know, lay it out, but I just feel like I didn't have a haircut, so uh, I can never, you know, do it and give me anxiety, man. You know what I mean? Have you ever had to give the Edgar cut yet to anybody? Because uh, this was, I was like, what's going on? Like I see, like this is what the new generation they embracing this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I did one or two. Jimmy, my cousin, he did quite a few. The Edgar cuts. Yeah, this guy. He's uh, he got a few. Matter of fact, my cousin, which is our cousin, um, her boyfriend. They've been together for years and years. He gets one of those, right, Jimmy? The Edgar. So what do you got to do? Like put a bowl on her head and Basically, cut around it, or how how does that go? <laughs> I don't know, man. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, they're, they're a unique haircut, and a lot of people, a lot of kids are getting them nowadays. That's one of the things that I noticed when I came home is that society has changed. They have broke down all the barriers of what normal looks like. You know what I'm saying? Like people exercise their inner selves on a regular basis, bro. They create, recreate mm -hmm. themselves. You know what I'm saying? I mean, people are turning themselves into animation. Yeah. When you see people, I go, you go to the mall, you can go to the store, anywhere, and people literally look like cartoons. You know what I'm for saying? Sure, for you sure. see, you know anybody got the big red boots they've been um selling you know what man i, seen I those say for the first god time this dang they, and and they and oh you've seen them already no, I, my, my kids were showing me a video of that little uh that little dude the little russian dude uh oh i know you're talking put about him on. The what's his name uh i forget who you're talking about Hasbula. but i know okay yeah they, he, he put them on man and they were all the way up to here on him or whatever <laughs> but yeah i just had seen those for the first time today and they selling out like crazy bro what kind are they I, man, I couldn't even tell Easy you, bro. They, I don't know what they call them, spaceman boots. I don't know what they call them, Brian. I know you know. You don't know? Okay. Shit, I'm straight. I ain't wearing those. You do. I know you do. Oh, you do. want a pair? Yeah, he want to look like a Martian. Shit, fair enough. <laughs> Hell yeah. But, you know, it's just... Um, you know, just seeing that, you know, people are just exercising what they what's made comfortable for them, bro. Mm -hmm. I mean, even you see people, in, they'll be in the mall in pajamas. You know what I mean? And I'm like, what? Like, what? Especially what? if you go to Walmart. That's, that's, <laughs> the, that's, that's the dress code there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, I thought that the uh, Crocs, I thought that shit was some goofy oh. shit. You know what I'm saying? And I ended up buying a pair and I love them. They're I so comfy. <laughs> They're I comfy. Made, I made fun of everybody. And, uh. I just broke down, man, and bought some, and uh, they're tight. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, I, I mean, i seen some thugs wearing them, too. I'm yeah, talking about yeah. thugs. I was like, y'all boys rocking Crocs yeah. around here. And then, like, if shit goes down, you could put it in the sports mode, too, if you have to. <laughs> you know about that, right? No. You know, the little, little thing? The I little just found out. My, my, my son told me, you know, the little thing that could you, yeah, yeah, that's goes like, behind your heel. Yeah, if, that's yeah. sports mode. That's when shit's about to pop off. Uh, if you're just chilling, no. you know, you keep it in the front. <laughs> it's crazy, man. That shit's cool, though. Everybody puts their little, what are they called, charms or the little things oh, that yeah, they got yeah, in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. I forget the name of them, but those are big. I love it, though, man. I love to see people just being creative, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. So you own your own barbershop now. Yes, sir. Limitless Barbershop on Wyandotte and Oak Street. Um, how did you get there? You know, that's a big Shit. responsibility. That's a big step. But, hey, congratulations. You yeah, know what I'm saying? It. So how did you get to that point? Did you have, like, I mean, what got you there? Who encouraged you, who pushed you, who inspired you, and who continuously motivates you, you know? Well, I was uh, I was 22 years old. I got out of barber college. Um, 2002, I graduated barber college. I was the last person to graduate that school. The uh, old man, you know, he had run it for years and years on Michigan Avenue in Schaefer. Okay. And uh, he didn't tell nobody. He didn't tell nobody he was closing down. Um, you know, we go by hours. It was 2,000 hours back then. Now I believe it's 1,800. But um, he didn't tell anybody he was closing. And he waited for me to get my last hour in. Then he closed the next day. Now, the reason behind that, and I'll go back to the question you asked. I'm yeah. kind of going in another direction. The reason that he let me do, you know, graduate, mm -hmm. because other people that had like 300 hours ago, 500, whatever, they had to go to Detroit, Flint, or Lansing. Oh, wow. It was a real pain in the ass for them. But it, me, I never hit from haircuts. You know, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, you're doing it for free back then in barber college. Okay. Man, you know, it's your turn to take a cut. Your turn to take a cut. These motherfuckers in the bathroom on the toilet hiding. <laughs> and I always, you know, I was always very, like, respectful to, uh, you know, his business, you know. And I and I always, like, everybody walk in the door. I talk to him. I ran things. So for that reason, he, you know, he hooked me up. So you got to. 
be polite, man, and nice to people because you never know. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt about it. I tell people that all the time, you know, like even with kids and stuff, like all that bullying stuff that's going on, man. And, man, my prayers go out, to, you know, to the loss of any families. Sure. They said there was another shooting. This this Mass time they said it was a girl. It was a girl shooter, bro. Yeah. It was a girl shooter. I think I'm not sure. I'm just saying I think they killed like two, three people. Yeah, I just you know seen it. Right so my prayers go out to them families, you know, all of everybody involved, man. I just, you know, I don't know what drives people to that. But I mean, I just assume maybe some type of bullying, something was going on. You know, you never know how people, you know, you know, what triggers them to do something like that. Man. Yeah, I seen something right before I came in here. And uh, yeah, it's crazy, man. Like the thing about it is, is shit's always been crazy. It's always been but mass shootings crazy. though. Like I don't remember growing up as a kid and hearing about mass shootings like that. We didn't have no social know? media. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right about that. You know what I mean? We didn't have no so you know. We just had media. the news, you know, whatever the news told you. Yeah, and you see those guys, man, how they lie and shit, and they've always been like that, you know, fear mongering and stuff like that. But um, I mean, they had the what was it, trench coat, trench coat mafia back in the days. Yeah, I remember them. I remember them guys. You know, I yeah. remember they was they was putting in work. You yeah, know what for I mean? sure. Yep, I remember, but uh, just put it this way. You know how, like, the kids, they get off of school because they hear it's going to snow, and then it don't even snow? Back in the day when we were kids, do you think, you know, we didn't get off of school for shit? Bro, I was just saying this. I'm like, I, I mean, I'm I'm not complaining because, like, my job, you know what I'm saying? They're like, hey, is a winter mm -hmm. storm coming? Work from home. Mm -hmm. I'm not complaining about that. But I'm like, when I see what the storm looks like and, the the you know, I'm like, what, what is this? this is regular yeah, shit man. i said bro i walked to school with i mean i had to wear a whole snowsuit boots hat and and keep it pushing you know what i mean yeah i believe the reason why it's so soft and like they they, they you know the kids get off of school for this reason they do now it's because of social media parents go on there they start fucking freaking out and shit and giving everyone a hard time they just don't want to deal with it so they just let the, you know you got off. You get off today. <laughs> yeah, you got all the care. I mean, it's really an inconvenience shit. for some parents because, yeah, they gotta go to work. you know, yeah, they got to go to work. You know, I mean, that's what teachers, even our programs. I mean, we really we're pretty much babysitters, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're babysitters for for the community, you know, yeah, and, for um, sure. and but it's good, it's though, good because that you guys are doing that, I though. love that they got a safe place that they can come. They can relax. They can be productive. They can learn. They can grow. They can develop their minds. You know what I'm saying? They for can sure. they can come there. They can do videography, photography. They can um, <clears throat> make beats. They can design logos. They can de design any type of animation that they want. Like, yeah. you know, we I never had no shit like that before. You yeah. know, I respect it that you, you know, you're doing what you're doing over there, too. It's such a beautiful thing for you to come home man and and not just be selfish man all about you you know what i mean you go out there you, you you know you work with the kids and uh that's definitely man you're gonna get you know blessed you are blessed but i'm saying you're gonna get rewarded man by yeah. god you know Thank doing you, stuff brother. like that Thank there's you, no man. way around it because you know man I, I don't know what it is bro i'd be feeling like i just i'd be so hard on myself you know oh, what man, i'm saying too. and like you know it helps me sometimes because a lot of people always show me a lot of love, a lot of respect, and, you know, they give me praise, you know what I mean? And and I really I appreciate it because I don't see myself like other people do, you know what I mean? It's funny you say that, yep. And um, so sometimes it's hard for me to, to um, you know, treat myself according to that. Like, I mean, I, I know I ain't no slouch. I know, I know my self-worth, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But I was raised to be a giver, bro, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, just sometimes it's hard to feel like I'm being replenished. You yeah. know what I mean? Because sometimes I give so much where it's like I, I never have nothing for myself. So it's like I don't feel rich. I don't feel wealthy. You know what That's I mean? But at that. the same time, it's nice to know that what I do have, I you know, I share with others. Oh, you yeah. Know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like I feel the same way throughout my life. You know, I like I'll be really hard on myself. And other people are gassing me up, man, and telling, you know, and I'm like, I don't really feel that way. Like the way you guys, I, you know, do, I wish I did, you know, type deal. But I've gotten a lot better, you know. It's a spiritual journey, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, people think, you know, the way they think and the way they are, that's the way it's going to be. It's not, you know. It's up to God. Yeah. You know, you, you don't have control. You know, you have control, you have free will. But at the end of the day, man, it's all God, you know. And that's something I just now... What I just said right there is something that's new to me within the last week or two. Yeah. You know what I mean? Being, wow, for real? Wow, I read the Bible for the first time, you know? Even though I went to Catholic school, 
I never paid attention. I've been an atheist, you know, my whole life, basically. Wow. And uh, That's crazy. This week, um, and I know you asked a question. We're going to go back to the question because we, mm-hmm. we went into another direction. But um, mm-hmm. my wife, we go to uh, Metro Church. It's over there on um, by Hooters down the street right here in Taylor. Okay. And uh, about five years ago, man, I watched a documentary that made me feel like there, I know for sure there's a God, there's a higher power, but I don't know about the whole Jesus thing in the Bible, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a documentary about the earth and the way things work and stuff, and I was like, whoever orchestrated that shit, there ain't no way, man, that's that's a, that's an accident, right? But uh, my wife, uh, we've been, we been going to church for a while, and I go with her, but I'm not a Christian at this point, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, she's always doing, you know, donating her time and stuff. And my wife's just a very, very good person, you know. Mm-hmm. They, they, she's like a saint, seriously, man. Like, I, I got lucky, for real, for real, on that one. <clears throat> but um, so I was like, you know what? You donate your time up there. I was like, I wouldn't mind, you know, doing something, you know, up there. Man, I came back the next day. She had like seven things for me to sign up for. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I said, I opened up my big mouth. Catechism. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Distributing like, food and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, fish fry. It's like first step program for people that are like new to the faith or whatever. And I was like, right, what I got to lose, man? I'll make my wife happy, you know, whatever. I ended up going up in there. It's like every Thursday for like six weeks. Go in there, let the guys know. Like, I'm going to keep it real with you guys, man. I'm not really into organized religion, this, that, and the other. And uh, come out of there, man, like believing, reading the Bible. He got me to read uh, Gospel of John and uh, what was Genesis. And I said, I actually read this on my own, not because they made me and, and liked it, enjoyed yeah. it, and believed yeah. it. So this yeah. is a big week for me, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, when it comes man, down well, to my spirituality. congratulations, brother. That's beautiful, Appreciate man. It. Because um, once you reach that point of enlightenment, bro, like, bro, that shit just opens up. Your eyes open up, your mind opens up, your heart opens up in a level in a way that you'd like never even, you know, would think. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't even really prepared for my growth. You know what I mean? Like it just mm-hmm. came from nowhere and I just started looking at myself different. I started looking at life different. I looked at people different. I just I, I just was like, man, like just and then growth. Like um, I had outgrown my environment in mm-hmm. prison. I just got so sick and tired of the same conversations. I just had no place in there. I knew that I needed to get home because everything that I had learned, everything that I had endured um, was preparing me to go home and apply it and create a new life for myself. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because uh, I just realized, you know, I'm 40 years old now and it's better late than never, but you're, we're not in this. It's not our choice. We're not in this by ourselves. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? There's yeah, a higher sure. power. It's God. Yes, yes. So when you yes. feel like you have someone to talk to spiritually what you know wise you feel like it's like a journal i feel like it's a journal hey mm-hmm. what's up god you know i did this you see me do this you know and you're checking in and checking out and i you know i really uh it really it really like hit me hard this week and i'm sitting here thinking like it sounded very outlandish you know the bible it's something that's like you know you don't know what but when you actually read the bible and and understand it it's a whole nother spiritual like situation's gonna take place, man. But you have to take that step in order to feel that, you know. But every chapter was about somebody telling a story about God, yeah, about Jesus, about how God worked in their life, whether it was better for better or for worse. And then I realized <clears throat> that us as people, we are Bibles mm-hmm. because we have many chapters to ourselves. You know what yep. I'm saying? Of ourselves. Yep. You know, and it's too many people in society today that could tell you more about somebody else's life that they could tell you about their own. Oh, hell and yeah. I always encourage people to do some internal work. You know what I'm saying? Do mm-hmm. some research. Do some soul searching. Get to know yourself. You know what I'm saying? In prison, everybody's always reading books and people, you know, they, they come to you and like, like uh, what was it uh the um the art of i don't know seduction or some shit like that and then it's funny because you know guys will read a chapter and then come to the yard and try to like play mind games and Mm -hmm. see if shit really works i'm like man you so amateur man you know art of war they read them books and then they come out to the yard and try to act like they you know sizing you up mentally i'm like man get out of here yeah man but 
I'm like, you're a book. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, like from childhood, like since life has continued, bro, you have had a story to tell. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, whether people realize it or not, but God has played a huge role in your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you think that you got to where you at today? You know, my mother always used to try to teach me about praying and praying and praying. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But. I didn't have that connection with God. I didn't have that spirituality because I was still dancing with the devil. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, you know, where I started to find real spirituality and real faith was I had got caught with a knife when I was up north. And they put me in a hole for like two months, bro. And um, and being secluded in there, mm. bro, by yourself. You know what I'm saying? You can't see outside or nothing. So the only way to look was internal. You know, I, I bro, I've had so much time to think about my whole life. I'm talking about from childhood mm -hmm. to adolescence to adulthood you know what i mean like yeah. and i'm like bro like and then and then you start to change the things you like and the th mm -hmm. uh, the things you don't like you know my behaviors my actions i i know where i got it from now you yeah. know what i'm saying i yeah. know where i learned it where i seen it where i felt it you know all these types of things and then i realized that that's how powerful the mind is you can literally change the direction of your life man i you you know a lot of people feel like they don't got no options you know what i mean mm -hmm. people don't know how to change they don't know where to start and then you got that misguided loyalty like i can't change because what are they going to say about me what are they going to think about me or i just don't know where to start you mm -hmm. know what i mean you got to break old habits you got to change your conversation you got to change the way you walk the way you talk what you read what you watch what you listen to all that stuff 100%. bro but I craved growth so much. Like, it just took me over, bro. And it and, shows now. And I was just outgrowing everything, bro. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. And, uh, and it's been like that. You know, I've been, I've been outgrowing people, places, and things since then, bro. 100. Yeah, once you uh, come to the point in your life when you realize that we're not in this alone. You know what I mean? There's a God watching everything that you're doing. And... Um, the pastor said something the other day, and I don't want to get too, like, in a political mm -hmm. um, direction, but he said, with today's society, he said, everybody's like, uh, my body, my choice, my body, my choice. Mm -hmm. You know, he goes, if it was your body, your choice, why don't you live forever? And I mm -hmm. was like, oh, shit, he done yeah. dropped the mic, man. Why don't yeah. you live forever yeah. if it was your choice? And that really kind of hit, you know, hit me. I was like, damn, something to think about, you know? I mean, from birth, consciously or unconsciously, you're living to die. Mm -hmm. Even though, although every day we wake up grateful to be alive, but every day that we wake up, we one day closer to death. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Ultimately. Sure. But that's why you're supposed to appreciate what you yeah. have, you know, because, you know, you'd be lucky to live to be 70 or 100 years old, and that shit passes like that, yeah, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah, so uh, this week, man, it's been it's crazy that I'm going on the podcast like right now because just in the last four days, it's been like crazy for me. You know, I'm really thinking back at a lot of things, and and I start to really understand like there, I do have a guardian angel. Some shit happened to me, man. You know that I didn't even think about up until recently that I shouldn't be alive. You know, a bunch of times. You know what happened with that situation, man? Uh, what happened to you? Well, bro? there's one in particular I could go on and on a bunch of different stuff. Like I'd have so many stories that are similar. People start to be like, "Nah, you're just over here trying to tell the story," you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, one in particular that comes to my mind is uh, you know, right there I got shot, but I got grazed in the head. Okay. Um, it was uh on Springwells at Charlie's. The bar, Charlie. Yeah, and bar, I had the okay. barber shop at this time. It was 2000 and uh. I opened up in 2005, so I was 22 years old, and I was still going back and forth to the neighborhood. And I met this uh, one of the guys, you know, from the barbershop in Wanda. I was like, "What up, man? Come with me. Come around to my neighborhood." He ain't never seen no shit like this before. <laughs> I'm up in there, and I, you know, I grew up, you know, around there, and I know everyone that worked there, and you know, my my parents know everybody and shit. So I get a lot, wait a lot of shit. I'm over here bartending when I was like 15. And, you know, in, in the hood, 16 years old. But Damn. Um, regard, I tell the story. Well, um, so we're in the bar, and I'm drinking, and these Mexican dudes that we ain't never seen before, they're like some cholos, you know, like East L.A.-looking dudes. But they're not really bothering nobody. But they're starting to get, you know, kind of kind of loud and obnoxious. And I look over the dudes twirling a pool stick and shit, right? 
And I'm like, man, <laughs> fuck this shit. I told my dude, I said, come here. I said, who, who, who the fuck are these guys? He was like, I don't know. He looks at me. He's looking at me. Drinks a beer. Walks up to him, cracks him. Bang. So it's three on three at this point. And, uh, man, we were fighting, you know, going at it. And uh, ended up at the, in the front of the, uh, the bar. You know, we're outside, man. We're going at it. I dropped the one dude. Bing, left hook. And then I go chasing the one guy down, uh, down, down Springwells. So I grab his jacket, you know, and then he got away. So I'm like, all right, turn back around. By the time I get back, the dude that I, that I had dropped gets up, pulls out a strap. Going, you know, everyone's going crazy all of a sudden. Boom, right? Hit me right here. I had seven staples in the top of my head. Damn. And I remember when it happened, remember in the movie Eight Mile when Cheddar Bob shot us up? Oh, yeah, Everybody yeah. got quiet. That's how it was, man. Damn. Gushing. Everybody just, just rose out. And uh, Everybody I, got the fuck on. Yeah, huh? I remember. Who, I, who tried to help you? Did anybody try to help you? Man, um, I ran. I was in the back of the bar, and I remember I passed out from lack of, you know, I, didn't, I was losing so much blood. And uh, I, I hid between like a, dunk, a garbage can in the building. And uh, my uncle pops up snatches me up it's crazy this day because you know i really don't remember a whole lot of it mm -hmm. but i remember they're flying me to the uh to the emergency room henry ford hospital and uh the doctor said i've been doing this for 30 years he said i'm not joking when i tell you that that was this is gunshot wound is the biggest miracle out of anyone that i've ever seen when it comes to some shit like that because mm -hmm. of the way you know it, it hit me you know i had staples in my head it split me but it was this close away from my brain. So why well, have to feel like this, like I, the guardian angel, you know, how is that going to happen? I feel that the guardian angel was there. And when the gun went off, she kind of nudged the, the gun or something. You know what I mean? Because it's just something that I didn't even think about, man, up until recently, because I didn't give a fuck. The next day I'm cutting hair. I don't give a fuck. I'm still Are you going. serious? Yeah, I didn't Hell care. It didn't, no. it, it, it didn't affect me in that way i didn't give a fuck you know i went out about my business and, and was doing knucklehead shit the next day damn and that's not the first time you know yeah it's not the first but that was the most memorable because of where it was you know yeah yeah you you weren't supposed to be here no nah. you know what i'm saying uh same thing with uh my man by he oh, got shot right. eight times my man jmo he doing a good deed trying to help a guy out got shot twice mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and and uh you know, it's just it's it, it happens, bro, when you live in urban communities, bro, and everybody's go to the answer to any type of problem. The only solution is murder. I got to yeah. kill somebody. I got to shoot somebody, you know, and that's terrible. That's the very shit that has destroyed our community and our people and, and trust. That's why nobody trusts nobody. Nobody likes nobody. Everybody's disconnected from everybody. <clears throat> even people within their own circles don't even trust, you know, no. No, people don't can't. trust God. People don't, you know what I mean? Well, like they don't trust each other. People, some people don't even trust themselves, yeah. you know, because of everything that they've been influenced by. There's so much atheist, atheism, I guess you'd call it, in the United States more than mm -hmm. ever. Now, have you ever heard like one of your uncles or aunts be like, yeah, when, when, when we used to live in Southwest back in the day, when, when your mom or dad were young, we didn't even have to lock the doors. Yeah, yeah. And that was across the country. It was like that. It was well, safe. They had standards. The they had a morality, you know. Because of it was Christianity in the household back then. So people eat dinner at the dinner table, they said prayers. And it was it was safe back then, I believe, is because everyone felt that, you know, I'm not gonna do this because there's a penalty. You know, I don't want to go to hell, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And I know some people might be extreme with it, you know, it depends on mm -hmm. you know, but uh I think the Christianity being you know, based in the United States, the way it was back then is the reason why um, everything was so much safer than it is now. Now people are like, I don't believe in God. Fuck you. You know what I mean? And you but see but that's what I'm saying. The reality of things is when you come from the from the trenches and you in a church and they talking about going to hell and all that. I'm like, Shit, I live in hell. Yeah, what right? is you talking about? What the fuck do I got to lose? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I live in hell. Every time I walk out, I don't know when the fuck I'm going to get shot or shoot somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's hard to have faith. And then you're like, 
God, who is God? Where's God? I yeah. thought God look out for people. Why are we in the trenches? Why are we poor? Why are we, you know what I'm saying, struggling? Why are we dying? Why is everybody addicted to drugs? Why is everybody an alcoholic? Why is everybody, you know, I was taught, you know, you, a man controls his house. He controls his woman. He beats his woman when she don't listen. Like, and I've seen it in action. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And and that's, that's the type of shit that you're taught. And you think that that shit is normal, you know? Yeah. So you're like, God, who is God? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, when I went to prison, and bro, I learned about so many different religious groups, Muslims. I've read parts of the Quran. I've read the Bible. I, I, atheists. I mean, everything. Everybody, bro. People who hated, didn't believe in nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, devil worshippers. Everything I was in there with, bro. And I asked my mom. I said, Ma, why'd you raise me as a Catholic? Mm -hmm. She said, mijo, I don't know. I was raised as a Catholic. So there was no true substance about it. Like, we were just the blind leading the blind. You know what I'm saying? Yep. We were just passing on trauma, lies, baggage you know what i'm saying yep. here son take this with you on your journey yep. you know what i mean yeah so like, uh like what you said your mom told you you know why we're catholics right her parents were you are what you what you, what you're taught whatever we wore your parents our rosaries are. and everything because yeah. we really believe that this is protecting us keeping us safe you know yep, for sure but i did say this uh the other day and i feel i really feel i'll stand by this you know in the future but you never know things change you know but I feel that no matter how far I go when it comes down to, you know, my Christianity, you know, or, uh, you know, the, my uh, journey into spirituality, there's only one God, right? I feel that I could go into a mosque and pray to the same God that yeah. I would at a church. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are like, no, it's not the same. I'm like, every, everybody's praying to the same God. They just have different ways of doing it and different messengers and stuff like that different it's just stories. idol tree that's one of the things that i was taught about different religions is the idol tree you know what mm -hmm. i'm saying the carpets the kufis the beads the rosaries the saints the statues mm -hmm. the churches the holy what like all these types of things that people are so sacred about you know what i'm saying but yeah. these are things these are objects you know what I'm saying? When you mm -hmm. see people with crosses in their houses and pictures of Jesus and you know what I'm saying? Like, ain't nobody ever seen Jesus. You nope. know what I'm saying? Not not now, not in thousands of years. You know what I mean? So nope. who really knows what you're looking at? You yeah. know what I mean? So idol tree kind of, you know, indoctrinates and sometimes brainwashes people mm -hmm. to things. But and, and I'm not disrespecting nobody. I'm just saying spirituality. I don't need no bible i don't need a rosary i don't need to be politically correct when nope. i talk to god mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i know god is real because i'm here today i'm not doing life in prison and i'm not dead you know yeah. what i'm saying so you know we all learn from things but we all here because we still have a purpose yeah you know but i ain't never gonna tell anyone like they ain't shit you know what i mean for the way they believe mm. oh no absolutely I used, to, not. I used to go at people man their necks back in the day by religion i'd be like bro like come on man seriously you know I can't, I'm not going to believe in something I can't see, this, that, and the other. But like I said, now that I feel the same, the way that I do, I still got a long way to go, man. But I'm never going to tell anybody that the way they, they think is the wrong way mm -hmm. or you ain't shit because of it. Because mm -hmm. everyone has their journey, and it happens at different times. Some don't happen at all, you know? Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it, man. Yes, sir. Yeah. So let's talk about Limitless, bro. Let's yep. talk about that, the business. The ups, the downs, the good, the bad, and the ugly about Shit. that. You know, well, two thousand five. Uh, it was never. It wasn't called Limitless before. You know that, right? It no, it was called I Jay didn't Styles Barbershop. That okay. was the name of my barbershop uh, when we first opened, and we rebranded and changed the name maybe like five, six years ago. Okay. Um, so it wasn't. Always what made called, you rebrand it? Well, here goes the thing. I was a knucklehead when I first came down to Wyandotte. Mm -hmm. Um, they weren't doing fades down there. There was nobody even knew what a fade was. They went to fucking like um, great clips, you know, and get the haircut, haircuts like that. <laughs> Bo Ricks and, and, and shit, Sam's. Yep. Sam, uh, what was it? Fantastic Sam's. Yep. Everyone got Hell a, no. Everyone gets their hair. Oh, my, my stylist, Lori, she could do a fade. Like, nah, man, that's a chili bowl, right? But um, there was, so they weren't doing fades back then. I was the first one to come down. I'm from, I'm from the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I remember the first day I was there on Oak Street. Uh, I remember I'm cutting hair. We didn't have no sign, man, nothing for like a long time. And when I say we had, we didn't have like no, I had one chair, a couple of milk crates. And people think, come oh, on, Jay, you had no milk crate. You exaggerate. I'm like, that's what we had when we first started off for people to sit. 
But I remember I'm cutting hair and I seen a motherfucker run past. I jump up. I ran out. Because, you know, when you see a motherfucker running, what do you yeah, think? You Something's think wrong. Yeah, yeah. The dude was jogging. And I was like, damn, you know, this is a big, <laughs> this, is a, this is a big change, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it took me a, a, a while. Nobody came in the barbershop. I didn't have no sign. There wasn't no social media back then. And uh, nobody even knew I existed. So I remember I'd walk so down. So you opened a business and didn't even have a clientele yet? Nope, just my family and my friends that, you know, from the neighborhood that would come down. But okay. nobody had no clue that I was there. And they sure in the hell didn't know what a damn lineup was, right? So uh, I remember I walked down to Bishop Park. I'd walk down there and I'd just walk up. i walk up to everybody. And I still do it to this day. Everybody, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Where you get your haircut at? Hey, listen, man, it goes my card. If you, it's not the best haircut you ever had in your life, it's for free. No, you know, you, you ain't ever got to see me again. No, no hard feelings. So that was my little, you know. That was your pitch. That was the jingle. Yeah. Now, things are different now. There's a lot of barbers, a lot of good barbers. But back then, I could stand by that because there ain't nobody fucking with me. Yeah. You yeah. know, back then there. So I remember uh, I got a few of the uh, kids from Wyandotte to come. And then next thing you know, they come back with like five of their boys, and that's how it happened, man. All word of mouth, because I didn't, we didn't have no social media. Well, fucking MySpace wasn't even out yet. I don't think. I tell you what, social media is good. It's mm. a good networking tool. Mm. You know, it works. But I'll tell you what, word of mouth, though, bro, it's always the best. Goes man. far, far, bro. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. A lot of my guests, a lot of my networking has been more about. Um, you know, word of mouth, you know, being in person, talking, building, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Yeah. And then you refer everybody to, oh, yeah, check me out over here. Check me out on this. You know what I mean? But I always stay prepared because it's important to promote yourself, man. You got to get business cards. You got to be able to network. You got to make yourself available. You got to mm-hmm. be present in community events, local events, you know, introducing yourself. I mean, putting yourself out there. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> I don't know if you, I'm sure you do know this. I'm sure people tell you this about yourself, but um, you have a gift with social media. That's not for everybody, man. There's people that are good at communicating on social media, and there's people that are not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can tell, man, that you're always prepared and, and you're doing your thing, and you're going to go a long way because it's, it's, it's a gift. I'll tell you this. I ain't going to lie. I don't, I'm not, I don't like social media if because it wasn't it for my off. guy Brian Ruiz, I don't know where I'd be. Facebook would be the only thing I'd be doing. You yeah. know what I mean? Because, um, you know, season four, we sat down. I said, bro, I want to do things different. I want to expand. I want to grow. I want to utilize all the potential, all the platforms. And uh, we've been doing it. Last night, I got a call from um, Sonny Ovando. Shout out to him. And um, and he was just giving me so much praise because all these new reels and clips are out right now of when we did the red carpet premiere. And they were just complimenting me on the work. Like I, I was see, like, I brother, I said, I did not do that. I was like, that's my engineer. That's my production team. You know, they, they make it happen. You yeah. know what I'm saying? He was like, man, it was so dope. It was so professional. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I feel good about it because... That's a reflection of me. I'm a reflection of you. You're a reflection of me. It shows the professionalism. It shows the work, the effort. You know what I'm saying? But... You know, um, you know, it's the behind the scenes people sometimes that don't get the recognition that they deserve. Yeah. But um, but the thing about it is, you know, we we move as one, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. And How does uh, it feel, man? Like, you know, man, you were it, locked up not so long ago. Now you're on the red carpet, man. I see you. You got the microphone out. Yeah. The dopest thing about that that whole situation to me was your hat, dog. You the like hat that you were hat? wearing? Yeah, I said, hat was oh, sweet. shit, yeah. that's a bad motherfucker, man. And then and that's what Sonny was telling me too. He was like, bro. He's like, you just did 17 years in prison. Yes. And you and you're he, he was like, bro, do you know who you just interviewed? He said, you interviewed all the top people in the movies right now, bro. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you got He's like, I don't man. know not one person that has come out of prison and built what you built in such a f- short time. And look where you're at right now. You know what I mean? So when you were, you know, your last year or whatever it might be, did you like write down your plan on what you want to do when you get out or did it just happen? I just knew I wasn't going to do anything that was going to send me back to prison. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to redeem myself. 
I wanted to do good. I wanted to live a healthy life. I, I learned the difference between circumstantial and unconditional love. I learned the, the difference between, um, you know, loyalty, you know, and misguided loyalty. You know what I mean? The concept of respect. You got to battle your demons. You got to, you know, all 100%. these things that we were raised with pertaining to, you know, pride and ego and, you know, what what defines a man and all like, like, bro, I went through all that transition, mental transition, behavior transition, uh, you know, uh, verbal transition. And um, and I said, you know what, man, I want to start over. I got a fresh start at life, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I got brothers in the joint right now. They're doing natural life, bro. Mm. And these guys are going to college. They got degrees and everything in prison. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like if they came home, they would be doing better than most people. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I do it because I felt like this was my purpose. I had to go through all that shit, everything since childhood, all the suffering, all the danger, all the hurt, all the pain, all the loss. Yeah. But right now, like they say, man, you stick to the script, man, and you walk with God, bro, and all your blessings going to come to you tenfold. You Boom. know what I mean? Yes, sir. I mean, I'm not where I want to be, but I am grateful to be where I am at today because I'm doing way better than I was then. You I'm know what I'm saying? I'm feeling that right there. I'm feeling that for sure. For real, yeah, man. man. I love life. I appreciate life. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I hear a lot of stories, people locked up, and everybody has this plan. You know what I mean? Everyone's like, when I get out the joint, I'm going to be real estate and the shit. But a lot of people don't. You know, once you get back out and you get around your old people, man, and, you know, shit starts popping off, they go into their old ways. You you hold it down, man. You you. But I had to do it in there, though. See, some people will be like, okay, I'll wait till I get home before I start changing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, bro, not going to work. If you can't do it now and in here, you definitely ain't going to be able to do it out there. You got to be able to cultivate yourself to be a positive, critical thinker and discipline yourself and stay focused and prioritize your life. I said, because once you get home, there's going to be so much temptation, money, drugs, women, alcohol, everything. So if you're not going out with this discipline this focus and this strength bro mm-hmm. you're fucking doomed to think that i'm going to change my life when i get there and it's crazy because bro i've had conversations with guys who have been down for 20 years and you know what they i can't wait to get home because i'm gonna kill my baby mama damn you know what i'm saying after 20 years bro like you know what Shit. i'm saying uh I, motherfucker told me I can't wait to get home so I can get high. That's the first thing he want to do is get home so he can get high. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, what kind of shit is you on? Right you back. got you lost in the sauce, bro. You ain't got no goals. You ain't got no vision. You ain't got no self-worth. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that is sad. That is unfortunate, bro. And that's bro. really normal, too. Am I right? Like It is, bro. More, yeah. Listen, man, it, it was just crazy. Like it was like everybody that was coming through quarantine and coming into prison was a drug addict, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I fed right into it. I caught a dope case in prison. I was selling, man, I never sold heroin in my life, bro. Mm-hmm. Cause even though my family come from drug dealing history, bro, like our whole background was about Coke. Coke mm-hmm. was a party drug. Mm-hmm. All the adults did Coke and weed, you know what I'm saying? And alcohol, you know, but my family never got off into the heroin and crack and stuff like that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Bro, I sold crack for 30 days of my life one time. A cousin threw me over there on Morel, Toledo on Morel. This nigga got me in a trap house. I'm like 15 years old. I'm telling the nigga I'm trying to get some shoes for school. He going to throw me in a trap house. Damn. It was my worst experience in my whole history and life of hustling, bro. You know what I'm saying? No like He put me in a trap house. Nigga, it wasn't nothing but a couch and a table in that oh, bitch. Shit. And I had a homie where to make a $10 sale, a crack sale, I had to have a nigga behind me with a gun. Damn. I'm like, damn, bro. Like. I was like, bro, I never want to sell this shit. This is the most. And then the money is so ugly and dirty and balled up and grimy. I'm like, dog, hell no. This is not for me. You yeah, know man, what I'm saying? Yeah, there's nothing uh, nothing comparison to like a crackhead in a crack house, you know? There yep. was one down the street on Norman. And uh, I remember this, this this white girl, man. I was, I was probably like 16, 17 years old. I used to be down there with them hanging out. And this chick named Morgan. I called her Morgan in the morning because she popped up. <laughs> Six in the morning, five in the morning, but she would go down to Arbor Drugs, well, CVS, but it was Arbor Drugs, mm-hmm. Spring Rose and Burner. He'd write a list, man, of shit, because she had a baby. Get some diapers, get a Barney motherfucking video, mm-hmm. shit for the kid. Man, she'd go up in there, come back with all the shit. 
Damn. Yeah. Who else to do that? Boosters. Crackhead. Boosters, yeah. baby. Boost. I used to love the boosters because I used to be, I, I used to use them for the Infamil. They used to get that baby. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah the baby <laughs> Infamil. I, mm-hmm. I need boosters for that shit. Yep. You know, yeah, that's a but, but, um, yeah, bro. You know, it's just, it's just sad to see things the way, you know, there's so much in life that is thriving and then there's so much that isn't, you know, and death don't discriminate. Addiction don't discriminate. Nope. It reaches everybody high and low. You know what I'm saying? But, man, uh, Jay, man, I really appreciate you coming on, sharing your story before we close out. Uh, uh, Let me see. Sunday, April 2nd at the Rollercade over on Schaefer, man. Show up, show out. My man, J-Mo, he's going to be there. He's got his motivated clothing line. He's got all local vendors there. It's going to be a dope experience. If you guys got some time and a couple extra dollars, man, go show up Sunday, April 2nd at the Rollercade. Go there, show some love, show some support, man. Spend a couple dollars and show some love. Um, Shout out to my brother, Zoe. Uh, Spring is right around the corner. Uh, LA Landscaping, Google it, check him out, reach out to him. He's a professional. Have your back Backyard, front yard, everything looking good, looking professional. Shout out to Brian Ruiz and the Legal Aliens Podcast. Um, shout out to the All the Cast, uh, um, um, Undying Love premiere, everybody who was acting in that. Um, shout out to uh, Dominic Ovando, uh, my, my guy Sonny, um, um, everybody, everybody. Much love to you guys. Um, I told you guys 2023 I was not playing no games, tap in or tap out. This is my year and 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 beyond. You know what I'm saying? So much love to everybody who shared. And subscribing and showing support like much Russell love and i salute you and it got me upset living in that very tell american dream killing when you walking with that gangsta lean even though this has been an episode of real everyday people part of the el nino podcast check out the el nino podcast live on facebook every monday night at 9 p.m eastern and for full episodes the el nino podcast is available on facebook and youtube